everybody. Welcome to Movie Flex Double Features. I'm one of your hosts, Estebs, here as always with my other host, Matt, aka Posting Pro. Matt, how's it going? Yo, it's going pretty good. How are y'all? Well, I'm I'm pretty excited because as you know, for the first time ever on the podcast, we actually have a guest. Uh he's someone who, you know, he's from the group chat, obviously. Uh we know him like we i we all we all go back actually like before we were movie posting we all like came together because we had like you know similar political attitudes i'll just say but yeah uh everyone help me welcome our first guest thought haver aka chase how's it going hey guys uh thanks for having me on cool yeah so yeah like i said i'm excited because this is the first week that neither me or matt picked the movies uh you came to us because like we we put out the open invitation and you were like hey i have this great like uh double feature i want to get into uh i had never heard of either of these movies what about you matt no i haven't either so i was very excited to uh to watch both of these this week yeah i was super stoked so and like i have like a million things to say especially about one of them uh but yeah, like I'll let it you start like just if you want to like tell us like why you chose these movies and like kind of your history with them or sure yeah um I the main reason I, I chose these movies is to be honest I was trying to stump you guys you know <laughs> I just I I wanted to get a couple movies that maybe you guys hadn't heard of um because I I know you guys have seen a lot of stuff uh, and then but also uh, they're two very different movies but they're also they have uh, a common theme, which is they're both politically leftist. Uh, Z, obviously, a lot more than uh, society is overtly, um, but we can get into get into that later. Oh yeah, that's what kind of I was hinting at at the beginning, where I was like, like I don't know how to say it, like because we we all do know each other from like before the group chat, even like before we were talking about movies, we were like part of this like wayward group of people who were like you know, like, kind of disillusioned with Bernie, but we also didn't, like, go down the rabbit hole of following some, like, you know, crazy Australian conservative person or something. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, we're just kind of like, ah, eh, we don't, like, it all kind of sucks, so we're, you know, we're just gonna watch movies now and not give a fuck about any of it, because, uh, it's miserable, and, uh, they're gonna fuck, they're gonna fuck with you anyway, so, uh, might as well just, like, enjoy movies. And, uh, yeah, no, I, you definitely stumped us. Uh, like I said, I had never heard of these, but I was fucking, like, after I saw, I watched Society first, and after I saw it, I was fucking stoked, because I was like, yeah, man, <laughs> like, I kind of, like, I, like, I kind of had a hint of, like, where it was going, and I was like, I was fucking stoked. So, with that, why don't we get into them? Um, start with, first, 1989's Society, directed by Brian Usna. Uh, it's basically a body horror about class. It stars Billy Warlock from the first two seasons of Baywatch. Uh, and his best friend, like, I was like, man, that guy looks really familiar. And, uh, it's actually the guy who played Bill in the Bill and Ted TV show. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Cause I was like, fuck. Cause he, I, yeah, I was like, man, he looks this, but yeah, he wears a wig or something. Uh, but yeah, that's who it was. And I was like, fuck. Yeah. That's, I, I remember that guy for sure. Okay. Well, I actually have a couple of, uh, cast things. So Billy okay. Warlock, first thing, uh, Billy Warlock's dad uh, Dick Warlock was nice. a stuntman, uh, a famous stuntman. Uh, there's a very famous picture of Dick Warlock, uh, very famous in my mind. I don't know if it's actually famous, but um, with uh, Kurt Russell, he was Kurt Russell's stunt double for 
uh, Escape from New York. And there's a very famous picture of Dick Warlock and Kurt Russell. Uh, they're both in their costumes for the film. Uh, obviously, Dick Warlock, hilarious name. So that's that's one thing. Yeah, that's an awesome like wrestler name. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's also, no. it's also a very fitting name for a stuntman for Kurt Russell. I feel like. <laughs> Yeah, he actually looks a lot like Kurt Russell, like uh, in the picture. I don't know. Maybe I could get ascended to the Discord later. Yeah, but... for sure. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Um, if you want to like intro us with a little bit of like why you picked this movie in particular, and like you know just your general thoughts, like, uh, and then we can get with Matt's review, and then I'll chime in. Like I said, I'll just say it up front. Like I fucking love this movie. Like I had a lot of fun with it. It's obviously like very tongue-in-cheek it's very winking like um so there are certain things that i kind of like didn't they're like flaws i guess that i didn't really care as much about because i was just like having fun with it and you know especially toward the end when it gets like really surreal and like ridiculous it's just like by that point i guess you've either you've either bought in or you haven't right right yeah well okay so society is a movie that i first saw a couple of years ago uh in in the absolute like height of the pandemic uh it was a movie um i was in this group chat the first like twitter group chat i was ever in where it was like during the pandemic and everybody in the group chat uh we would watch movies together on stream on like twitch it was just like 10 of us and so society was one of the movies that we watched and it was completely batshit insane uh from beginning to end but also it had this like weird political message that uh i thought was was kind of interesting and it's like it's it wasn't shoehorned in but it it wasn't coherent either which i thought was was really interesting and and it's like compared to uh to z our other film which we'll get into the the coherency and like the the kind of professionalism difference is so vast between those two movies uh i think i think society is kind of like a good example of like Hollywood leftism where it's like this, they kind of have like an idea of like of leftism, but they're not quite there. Like they, they seem to only know like kind of like mantras and stuff like that. Whereas the rich literally like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's the other theme. I I don't think I brought this up earlier, but between the two movies, the other theme is uh, conspiracies. Mm. So the um uh, society is uh, is a movie about a of a grand conspiracy. It's kind of like um, it's kind of like if if everyone in Eyes Wide Shut was like a dumb freak, mm-hmm. and it's it, I think dumb, I have like, yeah, dumb Eyes Wide Shut is like a good way to describe this movie because like also Billy Billy Warlock who plays a guy named Billy um very stupid very stupid like he's like I don't know he's also being gaslit right um. I don't know. I yeah, was, yeah, yeah. So, like everyone makes him feel like the dumbest guy. But yeah, no, I um I yeah, I like it felt like the most coherent like theme was just like that rich people are sickos, which I 100% agree with. And let me just say up front, like all this stuff that they show rich people doing, I 100% feel mm-hmm. like this is real. And if anything, like the they they do even like fuck more fucked up shit in real life, like rich people. And um yeah, so but yeah, um Matt, I'm dying to know what you thought of it, actually. Oh, uh, what? So, Chase, what did you actually before like you get into my thoughts? What did you actually like think of the movie when you when you saw it? Oh yeah, no. When I first saw it, I was uh, very high, 
but at the time when <laughs> yeah. I when I first watched it. So, uh, but beyond that, I was I was impressed with like the visual effects, especially considering that the budget was kind of you know did does not seem to be very high on it. Yeah. Uh, I learned later that if you guys have seen Reanimator, mm-hmm. the old yeah, the, it's a uh, Brian Usna uh, produced Reanimator, and so this movie only got made made because he had a two-picture deal with mm-hmm. Society and uh, Reanimator 2, apparently. Yeah, I did see that, because I saw that he w- he produced Reanimator, and then he was trying to get the follow-up made, and he couldn't find a director, so that's why he decided to direct. Right, yeah. But anyway, I... insane to think about, because it's like, how are there not a million people who wanted to direct back then? I guess it was the 80s, so it was different. <laughs> yeah, I don't like know. It'd be so easy to find a director. I mean, this... Uh, society is like a... Or, like, I don't know, those, like, late-night, like, uh, kind of trashy movies like Society or Reanimator, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of directors maybe think that, oh, that'll ruin my career or something. And, and they might be right. But anyway, I, I, I did like I did like uh, Society when I first watched it. Um, rewatching it, it's... The thing about... It's just so strange. Like, I can't tell if it's good or bad... It's it's like either it's so incompetently made that it verges on being artful, or it's so artistic that it verges on being terrible, and I'm not sure which. Um, yeah, I think like I remember uh, in college specifically, we had this um, we had this senior seminar, and it was a film class that I took, and it was essentially about horror films, and and it's funny because these like types of horror films that were like considered schlock you know they're kind of like b horror movies i guess the ones that like play in drive-thrus these types of films are kind of like rediscovered like years later and then people will like start writing like these expansive essays on them and start theorizing about them and everything yeah i think society for me um was definitely a uh i definitely had a had a pretty good time on this film. It's like weird and freaky and it's a pretty slow burn. Like a lot of those old horror movies are, especially like the schlocky ones. It's got, you know, leans more into the, um, effects, you know, uh, more so than like any coherent or super coherent narrative. Things just kind of happen, you know, which is pretty great for the time period. Um, yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, when I watched it, I was entertained. Um, there were parts where I was like, okay, something needs to happen. You know, it's a yeah. lot of, uh, it's a lot of, uh, conspiracy buildup, um, where it's, it's kind of, you know, asking the audience like, oh, is there going to be, is it real or is it in his mind or what? You know? And it's like, of course it's real. <laughs> it's a horror movie. <laughs> like, um, yeah, I agree. Steven, like the, um, the rich people being freakier in real life. I think the creepiest part in the movie was just the scene where all the rich people are like, they're not even like eating the poor people yet. And they're all like sweating and like laughing and clapping and stuff. And that's like how rich people act. Yeah. Like all the orgies and shit. Like I literally dated a girl who like her dad was like really rich. He was a millionaire. And uh, she like, went to orgies at a very young age and uh like so like i'm like you know 
I never fucked with any of that shit. I, I, I you know, obviously, I was just laughing because I'm a child. But um, yeah, so I totally believe this shit is real. <laughs> like, I was like, "Yo, is this based on a true story or something?" I mean, obviously, I know they don't actually like. They're not like they don't actually like suck your skin out or whatever. But yo, and shout out, shout out to like one of the. <laughs> it has like one of the hottest like horror movie eighty sex scenes I've seen. Mm. I was like, hell yeah. I think the chick's name is uh something De Vasquez or something like that. She's like yeah, yeah. yeah I was she like was, uh, she was one of Hugh Hefner's girls, I believe. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was like, damn. Also, uh, this movie, like, you know, obviously we tell people that you should watch the movies before listening because, like, we'd spoil them or you know the hell out of them. This movie ends like a lot of like these old horror movies ends where it's just like. Oh, that's the end. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like they literally ride off. Like they jump in the car and drive off, and it's like credits roll. It's like oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I read. I read an IMDb trivia, uh, and it makes so much sense that the director uh, came up with the effects and like it came up with the effects first, and then came up with the plot later, and it, yeah. it makes so much sense. Yeah, and there's a lot of like, you know, because cause you're right, Chase, with regards to like the themes and everything, there's a lot of times where you go, okay, are these like incidental or are these like, you know, it's very much like you said, kind of like filmmakers and, and Hollywood's way of set, like doing like a leftist type politics where it's like, um, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, like these there's two distinct like one's a or one's not an alien race, but it's a something different race than the human race. And they're, they literally eat the poor people. It's like, okay, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty baby's first leftism, but um, I was going to yeah. do the really bad joke, which this movie is probably horrifying to the Joker because it's based on society. There we go. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Twisted man. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I thought like, yeah, there were parts of where I was like, man, is this like a so good it's bad movie? But I think ultimately like it had the right balance of like self self-awareness and like also like it, there were some funny lines that like I was just like, man, like that's like I think this would be a really fun movie to watch like and at, at a midnight showing with like a huge crowd. Oh yeah. yeah. Um like well, the, the, it, it's the... like if if you weren't sure if the movie was taking itself seriously, by the time the fuck you butthead scene comes along, yeah. you know. No, yeah. yeah. The way they, that line, I, I wrote that down where he's like, fuck you, butthead. Uh, in the first actor's line where he's like, uh, you make waves, you're going to drown. I think the cop tells him that. Uh, I love that line. I loved... Uh... Dude, I have the best quote from the movie. I forgot to say this. It was uh, from Clarissa. That's her name. How do you yeah. like your tea? Cream, sugar, or would you like me to pee in it? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I wrote that down too, dude. I fucking love I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and this is your yeah. class at Clarissa. There are just so many baffling moments in the movie. I, I feel like the number one issue uh, with society is the acting. and yeah. Or yeah, actually definitely. maybe the script too. But the acting is so bad at some points that it's like baffling. Like I think the lead is actually okay. Billy Warlock is like fine. Yeah, he he was like I I like vivid, like, I actually liked not... his friend better. I I feel like I feel like his friend was the better actor out of the two of them. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. I think that's why he worked more. But I, I like I think like because I could be, I sort of remember Baywatch, and he was he was only on the first two seasons, and so yeah, he kind of fizzled out after that. But yeah, I do agree that the acting is probably the weakest part of this. Although there's one scene where like oh the sex scene, like whenever Billy nuts, uh, like I hundred percent think that like the direction he got was like all right now. When you come, uh, this nut is gonna kill you. Because <laughs> when he nuts, he's literally like, oh, oh, like it looks like he's dying. <laughs> um, thought that was really funny. And my favorite bit of dialogue, other than the peas in his cup, was when it's toward the end when, like, I think it was like the cop or something was like, uh, why can't you just be normal? Being why can't you just enjoy being rich or something? And he's like, I guess you're naturally fucked up. <laughs> Which uh, I just thought that was a cool line because I I can use that a lot. But my favorite bit, like, I don't know if this was like on purpose or what, but like the fact that they posit therapists as like the source of evil, you know, like like, because the therapist is a fucking evil piece of shit in this movie and uh, he gaslights him. And I'm like, yeah, no, I I totally agree. That's what therapy is like. Like, He turns into he turns into like the Joker at the end, too, like because, you know, they can like. The whole point of like society, like high society or whatever, is they can like they're like aliens or something, monsters, and they can like morph and change their bodies any which way they want to. You know, they can like absorb mass or something. Like they literally eat people. Um, but uh, he's running, chasing him around. He's got the Joker smile on, and I was like, "Damn, all right." Yeah. After <laughs> yeah. after he gets out from the hospital, after uh, the main character does, he ju- uh, they told him to act like. Like he went insane or something, and but it doesn't yeah. come across as like, as like a mental break. It comes across like just very weird, and yeah, ju- it just doesn't make any sense. I couldn't figure that part out because I was like, is he supposed to be drugged or like, are the drugs gonna wear off? Because he mentioned something like they set you up, like he just pulls his IV out, which I've I've done in a I did that one time. I was in the emergency room, and they wanted to give me an MRI and I didn't want it, so I like pulled my just yanked the IV out and like was like wandering around the hall, just like bleeding everywhere. Nice. <laughs> That's some Sigma shit right there. Yeah, yeah I know. they were like, "Excuse me, sir," and I was like, "Ah, oh, man, I'm sorry. I just where's the exit? Can I leave?" <laughs> yeah, you're like, <laughs> I, I, I had a migraine. I had a migraine, and then like they put me in this room with all these like really like dying people, and it just like hit me. I was like, "Ah, oh, man, I was just fucking hungover. Like, I'm fine. I don't need this MRI. It's gonna cost me thousands of dollars." And no one was there to like assist me, so I just took took matters into my own hands. And, yeah, like, dude, it's society, man. You know, it's it's society. Yeah, I mean, the, basically, the movie is saying like rich people are depraved. I wanted to get your thoughts on like that the metaphor of like rich people as aliens, because like. You know, they they say they're not aliens, but like, yeah, it's like a running thing throughout the movie of like die alien scum or whatever. They kind of I like I like bits like that where like they set it up with a kid calling him an alien like earlier. You know, I thought they were like nice things like that. Yeah, um, very like they live kind of in that regard. Right. Where it's like they're aliens and they need to die, but they're not aliens. They kind of say that they're like. They don't ever say what they are. They're just like, we've been here as long as you guys have. And yeah. it's like, okay, I don't know what that means, but yeah, you know, and it's kind of, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. They're, they're just monsters. They're, you know, they're rich people. So obviously they're monsters. And that's yeah. kind of like the, the whole point is like, they're kind of this, uh, amorphous blob, right? There's a lot of like class stuff. Like they do kind of talk about, um, 
you know, like even when, like I said in that that funny thing where he's like, "Oh, you're a class act," you know, yeah. Clarissa. There's a lot of like lines kind of like that, um, like the coming out or whatever. They talk about, "Oh yeah, like I've been dating for years and I'm doing this weird like ritual thing," you know, "I'm coming out," and and so there's a lot of kind of allusions to that. But uh, yeah, I mean, none of them. They were kind of more funny than that's what you're saying, Chase, about like taking itself seriously. I don't think it was. I think it's supposed to be schlocky, but then again, you can never tell, you know, with these types of things because it's like, is it just bad? Is it like intentionally bad and kind of funny and, you know, entertaining? Or is it like we're trying to take ourselves seriously, but it just turns out bad and entertaining and everything? Yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, there, there are some interesting aspects of the movie. Like, I just have some notes that I wrote down. Uh, one of them is uh, that Billy, or do they call him Bill or Billy? I can't remember. Uh, it's both. I think yeah, he's, it, he's, they, yeah, they he's, he's uh, technically billed as Bill, but they call him Billy in the movie. Uh, okay. I think they just forgot and called him by his real name. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, the kind of villains in the movie are the family, right? So mm. Billy's family are these, these rich, you know, bourgeois, like... Not they're not even just rich, they're like high society, you know, like old fashioned rich, like old money. I mean, there's like debutante balls happening, and the you know, local luminaries, like the judge who sounds exactly like Richard Nixon comes over. Mm -hmm. Um, and but Billy doesn't feel like he's part of the family, he feels like an alien. So, it's my kind of reading of the movie was that Bill is like a working class kid Mm -hmm. born into a bourgeois family. Where it's like, imagine that being working class was like genetic, which in this movie it is. Yeah, he's like he's like a working class kid that's part of this bourgeois family, and he senses that something is wrong, and he senses it that he doesn't belong, and that these people around him want to hurt him, and he you know turns out to be turns out to be right. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think at one point the therapist tells him at the end, or he's like, "You're just a different class of person," or something. Like, they make the distinctions. Um, well, they, they say, like, they say that he was stolen, right? Like, so he's he's actually not their kid. They just raised him up, and they were like, you'll never be one of us, essentially. So, like, he, he was, they did steal him from his parents or whoever his parents are, something. And they just, like, he was their son, like, under a false pretense essentially he was their son in so much as they raised him but he wasn't like biologically their son yeah it's really not clear like why why him like why raise him for 18 years or however well, long they, they talk about like they're he, they're essentially grooming him i guess like that's the whole they're grooming him to be eaten yeah. um they like Rich to play this like groomers too that's true that's they like to put yeah, they, they essentially, from my understanding of it, they like to play, like, a sadistic game where they, like, fuck with them, you know, and because they're, like, inferior, uh, essentially. They, they, you know, think they're inferior, so they, like, fuck with them, and then <clears throat> they go out and eat them, and then um, it seems like they do that, and then also they will lure people in through, like, sex, which is, like, <laughs> you know, pretty pretty evil and rich thing to do, is to, like frame people through sex and stuff so it gets pretty yeah. grimy at the end too like, yeah although it's there like, is no blood in the final mm. scene uh because they wanted to avoid a censorship from the mpaa so even though it's disgusting right. there's no blood 
Yeah, he like reaches up that guy's butt and rips his head off, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah he turns him inside they, out. They do that a couple of times where like somebody sticks their hand so far up someone's ass that it comes out their face. Um, <laughs> which like I, the whole time I'm just thinking like, how, like what are the physics on that? You know, because like, well, the Billy's the first one to do it as a human apparently because they say. He's like you and me one on one, right? Like I'm I'm a working class Protestant Amer- all American boy. Like I can take <laughs> you, you know. And then the rich guy is like, you you guys have never won a fight against us, right? There's like a part of that. And then he like beats him up with the help of Clarissa or whatever. And then uh, his buddy and he like he fought like he's getting or he's getting beat up, like beat the shit out of. And then finally he reaches his hand up the guy's ass and turns him inside out. Turd Ferguson, <laughs> his, uh, his arch nemesis. They're all like, what the fuck? Like, when he does it, they're all like, damn, this low-class dude did it. And they all let, like, they let him walk away. Yeah, yeah, that's the best part. They just, like, everybody gets out. Like, those people, I don't, how have they been running that secret society? Their, their security is terrible. Yeah, it's very loosey-goosey. And, um, like, uh, what was up with her mom, uh, Clarissa's mom? She was just like, I thought we were going to get like a reveal uh, at some point. She was the big lady who just like fucked people up. Yeah, she was like crazy or something. I don't know how to. She was like catatonic because she she would like grab the guy's hair to try and eat him. But he was like, leave me alone. And like he was like, you'll be my date and brings her into the the house and then lets her loose on the guy. So. And then Clarissa's got like she's like in love with uh Billy. So she kind of has like a differing thought process too from the rest of them. The rest of them are just like sick little freaks or something. They all have like orgies with each other. <laughs> I think Billy like even tells his therapist, which is a crazy thing to tell your therapist. He's like, you know, you're supposed to be able to ter- tell him everything, but you need to hold some stuff back. And he's like, yeah, I think they're like my entire family is just a bunch of incest freaks. It's like, <laughs> damn. Okay. Incest and psychosis, yeah. Yeah, it's like crazy. Uh, it's like everyone's crazy and we're all incest. And he's like, oh, I'm just kidding. He's like, no, you actually believe that. Can, like, can we say how, like, it's also kind of crazy that, like, Billy, like, uh, played the working class guy? Because, like, I don't know. Um, Billy does not look like working class to me at all. Like, I guess he kind of sort of has like an Elizabeth Warren haircut, but like, <laughs> other than that, like, I don't really like. Well, he's working class because he isn't blonde, I think oh, is the idea. Oh, shit. That's it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're all like weird blonde people. But then, like, I mean, the other families aren't, right? They're all like. No, that's all... the thing is during the shunting scene at the end when all of the secret society is there. All of the extras they have in that scene look like fucking panhandlers. And it's like, yeah. these are supposed to be the, the cream of the crop, you know, richest people. Yeah, they and it's didn't like look, a bunch of freaks. They didn't look very, like, uh, racially pure, I guess, is the word. Uh, Ted <laughs> yeah. Ferguson, I, like, it's just, yeah, it's a weird amalgamation of people. And then the therapist who, um, he was in an episode of The, the Next Generation, and he was in uh, the movie Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks. <laughs> uh that's where i like recognize him from um but yeah yeah there are parts in the movie where i'm like oh yeah you're right like maybe it was just an 80s thing or something but i'm like yeah this doesn't look like a rich person you know yeah it's kind of like um i don't know if you guys have ever seen uh i think it's called metropolitan it's with stillman's 
movie. It's kind of like that. Like all the extras are none of them really look uh, super rich, but they're all supposed to be super rich. So, yeah, I mean, oh. it's pretty clear that a lot of corners were cut with this movie. So, but it's like I, the last scene was the most important. So I think they should have, mm. you know, really gone to central casting and be like, all right, we need like the richest looking people. We need good wardrobe, you know. Yeah. But instead, it seems like they spent all the money on like every teenager in this car in this movie has like the sickest car. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I wrote that down. His girlfriend, who uh, Billy's girlfriend, uh, who looks like Kristen Wiig, kind of uh, like uh, she drives a Camaro, which is pretty badass. Yeah. Bill has like like the cool Jeep. Yeah. They all they all do have pretty sick cars. I will say that. What do you guys think of like? If you were to rate the movie, what would you guys rate it out of five stars? A little letterbox rating here. Hmm. Well, I guess I don't know. I I'm usually not like a, a rater of movies. Yeah, but if I either. had to, I would say three stars. I guess. Yeah, that's exactly where I'm at, Chase. I'm, yeah, I'm at three stars. I, I would say like three and a half, just because like I like body horror to stuff too. Like, um, I don't know the the effects like they did seem to like spend most of the money on that. And I think it paid off. Like it it was very gross and very wet. And like, you know, I wasn't really questioning the reality at the end. Like I thought it was cool and funny, but like I didn't, I wasn't like, ah, because they kind of set it up. Okay. But yeah, I'm I'm basically the same, like three, three and a half. Um, Yeah. I always always rate things like a half star more just because, you know, I'm usually stoned. So like to me, everything's a little fun, you know, (laughs) nothing's boring you know (laughs) definitely not this movie oh no yeah and that's the thing too it did move like you said there were parts where it did get like very kind of like draggy or whatever and like i said there's stuff because like with the mom like she's like kind of fucked up she's not there like she's catatonic she doesn't speak she she has like super strength or whatever and she eats um, hair and spits out hairballs. Well, that's what's interesting to me is because they show her spitting up the hairball, and then they show the judge doing the same thing during uh, during the last scene. And the so, shunting. like, yeah, the shunting. Right. So I thought, I thought somehow that was going to tie in, and that like, that's why I well, was expecting some. Sort well, there's of- a gag at the very end with the the cop when she tries to eat the cop's hair, but it turns out to be a toupee. Yeah, well, yeah, she, yeah, and then she she does that, but then also while his friend billy's friend is driving her like i guess i'll take you he, she keeps grabbing his head his yeah. head of hair and he's like stop stop so that's what i'm saying i think she's like you know mentally challenged or whatever in the movie um and she just kind of knows that shunting is a thing and you can do it so i'm assuming like she has to be led to to do that or something and she's kind of like confused most she of the also time turns tricks for money which is disgusting <laughs> yeah and who is her clients like i don't understand that yeah that's what i was wondering because i again this is i I was like way into the mom and i was like man there's, there's gonna be some like you know lost like twist and stuff and it, you know oh they make an oedipus joke too by the way that was pretty good i like that where the 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 mom's like only hands or something she's like hands and like a head and then where her like you know, vagina supposed to be. It's the daughter, and she's just like, if you ever wanted to like indulge in your edible fantasies, now's your chance or whatever. Oh, yeah. They're like, they're like doing their best bits. Like none of them are like actively trying to grab Billy. Like they're not. They're all like having an orgy, and then the dad's is right. He's the butthead, 
and then they're all just trying their best bits out on Billy. <laughs> like even the even the therapist guy is like, "I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get, like with a smile or whatever." None yeah, of them they're just trying, trying to act as gross as possible. <laughs> they're all like just trying to do their comedy bits with their body horror. Yeah, the butthead stuff was really fun. Like I said, this all this all was great to me. Like this was my favorite shit. And um, oh, I thought it was funny that like uh, during the shunting, like uh, whenever the uh, judge or whatever reemerged, like everything was really wet and gooey, but he still had his cigar. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, and it was still lit. And I was like, <laughs> like that was like that was funny to me. Because I'm getting too old for this or something. <laughs> he literally does the fucking Danny Glover line, dude. He does. He yeah. literally says, "I'm getting too old for this shit." Yeah, that yeah. guy carried the entire shunting scene. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. It's just fun to watch that guy get covered in goop, you know? Yeah, and then before the goop, he's like, all of them are so sweaty and disgusting. Like, all the rich uh, people. Yeah. That's what I'm saying, is, like, the body horror is just rich people being rich people, sweaty, fat cat, disgusting, chomping on cigars and talking about classes and stuff. Well, you know, I just thought of something, is that this movie actually might, similar to Ring story structure of the Star Wars prequels, this movie might have some kind of unique story structure because I think the opening credits, which come at the beginning of the movie are the shunting scene. Do you yeah, remember that? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I do. Yeah. It was like a flash forward. And then, so it's like at the beginning and then the end. And then the first scene of the movie is what happens right at the end when he like wakes up and he's having a nightmare and he has the knife and then it happens at the end. So yeah. that's kind of yeah. neat. Yeah, like I said, I, they did, like, set up stuff and pay it off, and I thought, like, that was kind of cool. Like, it makes me lean toward, like, they knew what they were doing, and like I said, there are so many funny lines that I thought, like, oh, they knew. Like I said, if I was in a theater full of people at, at, at like, Draft House or something on a Saturday night, like, that would, like, these lines would kill, you know? Yeah, this, oh, this movie is definitely meant to be, like, a, a double feature, go out to your drive-in type film. Definitely. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like a like a three and a half stars for me, but a very enjoyable three and a half stars. Like you said, um, final thoughts. I guess if if you guys want to say anything, like I said, I thought it was <clears throat> enjoyable. Like I, I didn't feel like I wasted my time. It was very like you said, baby's first leftism. Like it's like oh yeah, there's like a good heart, but at the same time, I don't know. You know, he, the director or the writer could be like a brilliant leftist mind who just is like. Yeah, this is what I can get away with, or something. You know what I mean? Like, um, and it like so it had like I said, not very like uh, thought out maybe, or like uh, um, like complicated in its thinking or messaging. But I think it was it had a good heart. Generally, it generally knew who the good and bad guys are in the world, and you know, I it'd be crazy. Like, I, I think the idea of a body horror movie about class is like a brilliant idea. And I think someone could do it now way better, you know? Like, Oh, for sure. Yeah. I'd, I'd love to imagine like the Ari Aster version of this or like, yeah. Yeah. I think just final thoughts for me, uh, uh, three stars. It was good. Um, like I said, it was slow at some points. Uh, it is, you know, it's not making like a super, you know, there's no like, this is how we solve everything or like, you know, um, any super deep critiques or anything like that. It's just kind of, like I said, baby's first leftism. So yeah, three stars. It was entertaining. Um, it was good. I don't know if I'd watch it again. 
maybe if I'm drunk or something, and I'm like, yo, you guys got to see this crazy movie or something. That's Long your real watch. rating, right? Because, like, you don't really rewatch movies. So if you say you watch a movie again, that's, like, the best rating you can give it. Not rewatch movies. It's just, like, it's just, like, that. It's just, like, I, I, I don't have any, you know, super desire to to rewatch that, this movie. So I would rewatch it again if I could do it with a group. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like going out or yeah. something. If yeah. someone's like, we're doing a double feature society and something else. Yeah, that makes I'd, I'd probably do that, actually. We're all going to get stoned and drunk in my house. I'd put it on. Yeah. yeah, this, for my final thoughts, the, you know, this movie's good, I think, but only in context. You want to watch this with a group of people, uh, and you want to make fun of it while you're watching it. That's, the, in my opinion, the proper way to watch this movie. Yeah. Uh, if you just watch it, you know, like it's Bridge on the River Kwai or something, you're going to have a bad time just watching it by yourself. <laughs> Sipping your yeah. brandy with a cigar in your hand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. second half of the show next up we got 1969z an algerian french film directed by costa gravis uh it stars one of all honestly one of my all-time favorite guys jean-louis Quintignon. uh most people will know him as the protag the guy who played the protagonist in the conformist uh he was also in an Eric Romare movie called my night at Mons, which is a personal favorite uh he was in the three colors red he was in the movie Amour, uh, awesome, cool guy. Uh, it's a fictionalized account, sort of, basically, about like uh, the political assassination of a Greek politician in the 1960s based on a novel. Uh, I'm going to throw it over to Chase. Uh, I want to see what you have to say about this movie. I I really liked it like on a serious level. I thought it was really good. Like, uh, But, yeah, I'll talk about it later. But, yeah, what do you, what, what, uh, what do you have to say? Sure, yeah. Um, I think, so I have a, a quote here from Roger Ebert from his review of the film. Uh, I think he can say it better than I can, so I'm just going to read it. Uh, there are some things that refuse to be covered over. It would be more convenient, yes, and easier for everyone if the official version were believed. But then the facts begin to trip over one another, and contradictions emerge, and a, quote, accident is revealed as a crime. The film Z is about one of these things, about the assassination, six years ago, of a leader of the political opposition in Greece. It is also about all the rest of them. For Americans, it is about the My Lai Massacre, the killing of Fred Hampton, the Bay of Pigs. It is no more about Greece than the Battle of Algiers was about Algeria. It is a film of our time. It is about how even moral victories are corrupted. It will make you weep and will make you angry. It will tear your guts out. That was uh, Roger Ebert, December 30th, 1969. Uh, this was Roger Ebert's favorite movie of uh, 1969. Mm. Um, it was the first film, and to this day, I think one of the only films t- uh, to be nominated by the Academy for Best Film and uh, Best yep. Foreign Language Film. Uh, according to IMDb Trivia, the nominations... Uh, for this movie came from the studio relentlessly 
doing like a blitz campaign to all the Academy voters. Mm. Um, this movie is fantastic. It's uh, per- almost perfect, I would say. Yeah. It's it's got so much heart. It's got a great political message. It's so well made. The script is perfect. The characters are perfect. I mean, as a film just on its own, it's fantastic. As a political like as the the political message it tries to put out uh is is great in my opinion and then it also is super effective in in putting that out. If you go into the doing nothing, uh by the end of the film you'll have a pretty decent knowledge of, you know, this this whole assassination and the fallout of the assassination, all the blowback. Yeah. I mean, it's it's just fantastic. Yeah, I kind of undersold it. It's a five-star movie for me. I just checked. That's what I gave it on Letterboxd. Uh, Matt, what did you think? Yeah, so last week you said uh, it was our Siskel and Ebert. This week is definitely our Siskel and Ebert. Um, okay. I would just Siskel like to quote... e- We got Siskel, Ebert, and Roper here, though. So yeah, Who's Roper? He was the guy who, after uh, Siskel died... Oh, jeez. Yeah, it was Ebert and Roper for a long time, and then because i used to watch this shit uh, as a kid uh and then after ebert died i think they did it was like uh roper and a.o scott maybe for a while um that's yeah. just sad love that love that show but uh yeah matt you're saying um well to quote one of all of our guys uh Zizek, right and i would do the voice but i'm terrible at doing the voice um i like it more as a theoretical tool um i I fast forward through the boring parts is what he says. Um, yeah. As a movie. Did like he say a, that about this movie? No. Oh, okay. He's, Sorry. He, he, says, he, he was in the, he was in the criterion closet and he was mm-hmm. talking about, um, he was just picking out movies. He, he said something like, I forgot one of them. I don't even remember which one he's like, it's the perfect French film. It's about incest. and like something. <laughs> <laughs> he's admitted to like not watching the movies. He's like, um, I saw, I've seen like yeah, that. he's a big film guy, but he like he says that he likes a more a theoretical tool. I, I I agree with him with regards to like this movie. I don't know what he thinks. He probably loves this movie. He probably has seen it and like seen it in full a couple of times. But like for me, I, I kind of took that part. Uh, you know, I I like the message. I don't like the movie. Mm. That's I, I didn't interesting. Like yeah, I didn't. I, I liked. What the movie was trying to say, I thought I didn't like the execution at all. Wow. Yeah, no, I was I'm... very, I was very, which is like crazy to say because I'm usually more in the heady, you know, kind of like I like things that speak to me on a personal level because like this movie does would on paper speak to me on a personal level. I just didn't really care. I was like, okay, I, I get it, you know, type thing. Um, I. That's what I'm saying. It's definitely because you said five stars. This is our Siskel and Eber. I would give the movie like two and a half, three wow. stars because I like Fuck. I like what the movie is trying to say, but I don't like the execution at all. I thought it was like incredibly boring. Mm. It lost me at parts. Um, okay. I I really liked the movie, like till like I, I liked um, what I was watching. You know, like on screen for like. When when he when he dies, the you know the the campaigner dies, Even and everything. Yeah, the and debut, then it, it, the it's debut, like the it 
slowed so much to the end it was just a crawl and i was like okay i'm mm-hmm. just want this movie to end oh man no i thought it was i thought it was the opposite i thought john louis was the perfect guy to play the investigator the uh the guy who uncovers oh, it yeah i thought he was amazing and i thought like you know at the end especially like it kind of like picks up pace because you've got that like dragnet music while all the generals are coming in I, I totally disagree. I'm going to let Chase talk next, but I just want to say this for, because I had the exact opposite um, reaction because I thought, okay, it's like uh, this is a French film, uh, Algerian French production, whatever. Like uh-huh. it's from the 60s. It's a Criterion movie. This is going to be like an art movie. And then when I looked it up, uh, this was actually like a very, very like mainstream movie for the time. Like, um, it was the 14th highest grossing film of 1969. And obviously, you know, when we're talking about a movie like this, the box office is not the point, but I'm just yeah. saying this to like illustrate like, um, you know, how mainstream it was and how different things were because for reference, the 14th highest grossing film of 2021 was a quiet place too. So it'd be like, imagine instead of making a quiet place too, we just made like a movie about like the Chilean assassinations in the sixties or something, you know, yeah. the Chilean coup. Right. It's and, definitely uh, a different time, obviously, you know, yeah, I mean, that, and, that, that's uh, kind of like a fact, just a factual statement. But I mean, like in terms of film going and, and what movies could be made and what movies resonate and, and everything too. Cause imagine like this movie coming out today, there'd be no reviewer under the sun that would cover it. You know what I mean? I thought, I thought like, well, I thought the, like, I thought the, there's a scene like at the act one break where like the guy's chasing the guy who hit the deputy. And I thought like that chase scene and the like fight on the back of the car or truck or whatever, I thought that was really exciting. I thought that was like very cool action. Like, being- yeah, and I, I love that scene because uh, the character, the guy who's chasing uh, the, uh, you know, the assassins in their, in their little truck, that guy, um, the first time I watched it, I assumed he was some kind of political attache, but there's a scene right before, uh, the speech where that, that guy who ch- is chasing, uh, them, the deputy asks, who are you? And the guy says, I'm a Mason. So he doesn't even know him. He's just some worker. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, yeah. and he just sees what goes down. He sees the guy hit him and he, he just instantly springs into action and just yeah. chases him down. And, you know, he's ends up being responsible for the guys, you know, being arrested and stuff. So he's just this like hero, just a working class dude who's just, you know, happens to be in the right place at the right time. And, you know, have the have the, like the will and the beliefs to, to change everything. Yeah, yeah. I thought it like I thought that sequence was just like very well put together. Like there were a lot of cool like Michael Mann shots and stuff. It it kind of picked up, and yeah, I, I was I was like way excited because it was way more like thrilling and like kind of an actiony movie than I thought it was gonna be, um, which was a good surprise. Yeah, because uh, like yeah. I said, I was expecting it to be like just like a straight ahead like art film, and uh, like yeah, it was pretty. It was a pretty like mainstream movie for the time, and um, yeah, I love mm. like I, yeah, I like I obviously love like love the message and stuff and. It's about there was in 1963 it was Gregorius Lambracus. Uh he was like a democratically elected Greek politician and then like they murdered him. So Eve Montan plays like they just call him the deputy and he's basically like um that guy like he's and like for a modern day like it's basically Bernie, right? It's like what if Bernie was assassinated? Exactly, yeah, yeah. yeah. They they're very careful to establish that the deputy is not a communist. 
but he's yeah. clearly left wing. Um, the people that murder circling... him are like they're called Croc or something. It's like Le Christian, yeah, cool. Christian something, Christian uh, Royalist something, yeah, the Crown or some stupid fascist shit like that. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I just wanted to I mention mean real quick. I mean, stupid is in like the political ideology. Yeah, real quick, I wanted to mention, um, just because I thought this was interesting, the Ebert quote that I read. So when he says uh, this movie is about uh, the Mylai massacre, the killing of Fred Hampton, and the Bay of Pigs, uh, JFK aficionados might recognize that Ebert seems to be referencing uh, the JFK assassination and implying that it was some kind of fascist plot. Uh, because yeah. why? Why would he? Why would he say the Bay yeah. of Pigs there? Of yeah. No, uh, if, Shout out Ebert. Of course. Yeah, but, I guess if you like consider George H. W. Bush a fascist, uh, <laughs> I mean, if you consider the CIA a fascist organization, then yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I love the I like I love the idea when I saw the plot of like oh this is a movie about a political assassination like I I was like fuck yeah this, it was really cool I liked. I liked it. Like it's obviously very old fashioned because like the way they do it, like it's not even a drive by or anything. They don't shoot them. They club them. Um, yeah, they're like, well, it's, I, I don't even want to call it. It's like a moped truck or something. Yeah, it's like it's a, a three wheel truck. It's yeah, a tr- the cl- try try plot or something. Yeah, it's a it's a delivery truck that one of the guys owns. He's still paying it off. That's like a big reason he does it. He gets paid obviously to do it. So he's like, I'm trying to pay off this. He's like a like they're, they're both like the two guys are like workers too, but they're like fascists, right? It, with regards to like their ideology, um, they don't explicitly say they're fascists. They're just you know obviously they are fascists. So they like yeah. Well, they're both members of that croc thing. Yeah, so they're they're like uber because like they're they're nationalists. They're they're royalists. They're like uber Christian reactionaries. Right? Yeah. Yeah, and the the one guy, like I said, he's in it not even for he doesn't even hear about the politics of it. He's like, this will literally like help me pay off my delivery truck. And uh, yeah, and the other guy wants to be famous, the the kind of balding guy. They're uh, what are, what are their names like? Yago and Vago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's yeah, actually the an interesting there's an interesting scene where uh, the the balding guy after he like goes to the newspaper uh, and he ask the guy not to put his name in the newspaper he goes into like a little diner and uh he walks up to the pinball machine where like a young guy is playing pinball and he starts like kind of trying to hold the guy's hand and uh it's kind of implied that the character is is gay which i thought was very weird i don't know if that was like old-fashioned like european uh homophobia or if that if the actual assassin was gay i I don't know was also controlling right because the guy's playing pinball and he keeps touching his hand like pressing the 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 pinball bumper because that's what the guy's doing he's he's playing pinballs he's pressing the side bumper and he keeps touching his hand press the bumper did i completely misread that and it's not a gay thing that's what i thought i don't know why no i don't think you misread that but i i thought like when i saw it because he's playing pinball right and he's like pressing the bumper and then every once in a while because like the guy's looking at him and he keeps like pressing his hand to press the bumper so he's like controlling him essentially Huh, I don't know. Well, he definitely holds his hand. But anyway, uh, he holds moving it on. Well, like, later on, he, like, like while he's pressing the guy's hand, he'll just, like, he keeps it there for a little too long. So Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It was, like, very subtle, but I just had that kind of... I was like, why else would they put this in here? You know? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely but, think it was gay-coded. 
Well, what's his relationship to the the newspaper guy? You know what I mean? That's definitely something there. Yeah, we should, we we have to do an inquisition of this movie and expose all the gay characters. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I get. I mean, it could just be there being like you know like that like classic leftist homophobia of like oh yeah the right's all a bunch of freaking closet cases you know they all want to fuck each other that's why they want to blow up the world because they don't yeah oh oh actually salo i mean i obviously thought of that with the previous movie society like i mean it's pretty clear Uh, i didn't want to bring it up because i i know you don't like that movie because pasolini is your boy and that's like it's not that i don't like that wait it's not that i don't like that movie it's that it's not my favorite pasolini is the one that's everybody's exactly you hate the fact that that's the one that everyone always brings (laughs) up yeah 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 yeah. but i think in this case it was very like appropriate yeah yeah well before we move on from this thing i just the whole gay thing with the the vago character it reminded me so much of if you guys have seen jfk uh of david ferry oh yeah 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 where it's like this guy who's involved with an assassination of a politician who's like a weird kind of like semi-closeted gay guy like a feet southern man. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. For some reason, that just gave me like uh, a real David Ferry vibe. I definitely think, like, I definitely think that it was just like leftists being like, ah, oh, again, like that, like all, all, you know, they're all secretly gay or whatever. It's like owning them. It's kind of yeah, like Trump, the Trump, Trump, Putin, gay stuff. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, maybe it was. It was just like a it, like it, one it, of that... those liberal things where they called Trump like a. <laughs> Putin's cock holster. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, something along those lines. Um one of my favorite Oh, I love the anti disclaimer at the beginning where they're like uh any like similarities between these people and real people are intentional. Uh Yeah, any similarity to real persons and events is not coincidental. All caps. Yeah. It is intentional. I love that. And then they go into the uh, general doing like the mildew metaphor, and uh, you know mildew is like a metaphor for uh, leftist thought, basically, and it's infected the crops of the good Christian right wing conservative, and and that's the thing too, because like we say that this is based on like a Greek politician, but obviously everyone's speaking in French, and they shot it in Algeria, and they're not really ever like specific about what country it is like it doesn't really matter yeah I think. yeah because they're like they're they're like a monarchist culture but like it seems like the military is kind of in charge obviously it right? seems like france france but like a hundred years ago or something yeah it definitely it definitely seems more i thought i thought it was france but then then i was like i don't know where, where this place is like you said it doesn't matter really mm. the message more matters than the setting uh, one of my favorite lines was always blame the Americans, even if you're wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. Well, uh, speaking, of, yeah. speaking of the movie's uh, setting, uh, since like the film was kind of, you know, tr- trying to depict like the whole Greek thing and, you know, the director, Costa Gavras, was Greek. Uh, the film has like a, some details that hint at the story's origin. Um Obviously, if you were around in that time, you would have been able to understand what the movie oh. was about without the hints. But for us now, uh, you know, for example, there's a lot of Greek music in the movie. Um, oh, yeah, Irene yeah. Pappas, who plays the uh, the uh, deputy's widow, uh, she was a Greek actress. And so she doesn't speak a lot in the movie because she doesn't really speak French. 
Mm. Um, and then there's just, I read that there were uh, Greek newspapers and beer and all sorts of props around the set. Gotcha. Yeah, I had no clue about any of that. I don't, yeah, it, I don't know that, like, because you said, like, before we started, you said don't look up anything about the movie. So I did that, like, you know, I, I came in both movies completely blind. Um, and I was like, I was like, is this a true story or is this like based off of something? And I still, I had no clue. So I had like no context for any of the. Oh yeah, that's my bad. I meant watch society without any preparation. I feel like Z is probably a movie where preparation is a good thing. Yeah. So I I didn't really know because I was kind of like, okay, this is, and then obviously it's a, you know, it's pretty straightforward. It's not not like complex or anything. You can kind of pick up on what's happening. I mean, there's very explicit, like the government's like, these guys are bad. And like, we shouldn't kill this guy because he'll become a martyr. And you know how these people love their martyrs and everything. And like, they refuse to, you know, the, the ostensibly leftist like political party kind of like the students and, and all their, their people are like trying to revolt back. And then they're kind of trying to keep them calm. They're trying to be nonviolent, you know, and like the, the violent perpetrators are, are definitely the more right wing elements, you know, in the, yeah. in the and, film. And they make a very, clear point because i mean all the all the right-wing people are here in clubs and will clobber people and beat people up in the movie and then like i don't think the left-wing people even defend themselves they kind of just like get hit which is like damn that sucks yeah i was, I was gonna say like uh speaking of uh jfk oliver stone said this was like the most fucking like uh influential movie on him oh wow, oh, wow. I, yeah i didn't know that yeah that's incredible i love jfk um, there's something in the very beginning uh that I thought was very French, which is uh, whenever, like, so they're doing, like, they're the Br- French Bernie, uh, basically, uh, <laughs> they're, like, trying to do, like, a, his big thing is uh, anti-nuclear. Uh, yeah, disarmament. Like, they want disarmament. disarmament. Yeah. So um, there's, like, he's giving a speech. There's, like, fascist, but there's also what I call Le Mec, uh, Le Mec de Bernie. It's, or Le Mec du Député. It's... Uh, it's the Bernie. It's that's like the closest you could get to saying like deputy bros, you know, in French. <laughs> I was gonna say, Stephen, how do you say? Because I know you know a little bit of French. How do you say yeah. harass women online? I'm sure that that guy would have. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, like uh, je suis français. <laughs> that's how you say I harass women online. No, um, no, yeah, I called it like I said. I I wrote down le mec de, du député. Le mec du député, because I, I was like, oh, these are just like Bernie Bros or whatever. And I know like we that Bernie Bros aren't a real thing. We all hate that term, uh, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, but yeah, no, I like I thought it was really funny that like um, so at one point uh, when they're like he had uh, the député, he has the uh, these like signs, peace signs are everywhere, and they like rip one of his signs. And like it reveals like a Clint Eastwood like the good the bad the ugly poster or something. Uh, I was like, oh, that's very French like symbolism, you know, like visual, like right, tearing yeah. down peace and to show the the cowboy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the symbol like, of American violence. Yeah, uh, yeah, le violence de américain, you know, yeah, like <laughs> that was very very French like visual symbolism or whatever. Totally, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, like they've they're very explicit about the anti leftist gangs of, like we said, fascists. Uh, they're definitely like government supported, and they're like 
you know, I mean, this idea that, like, the police would somehow, uh, like, you know, collaborate with fascists and that, like, they're somehow in cahoots, like, that's from 1969, right? Like, that's not a new idea. That's, that's definitely doesn't apply to today, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, no way. That's from, like, a thousand years ago, dude, the 60s? <laughs> yeah. There's I, no way that high, high-ranking high government officials, one might even say the top of the food chain with regards to government is <laughs> supporting you might these even fascist states. You might even say that the police state somehow manufactured all of this violence. Oh, what I, yeah, what I really liked about the movie, one of the lines that recurred, and I was like, oh, that's a good callback, was the... Uh, the, the he's, like, in the beginning, he's talking about how there's... He's like, these... these elements like we shouldn't antagonize them there's natural antibodies right to like yeah. prevent it and then later on yago says like we're the antibodies like, right like yeah. he uses that exact phrase like we're the antibodies to combat these these communists or whatever because like like you said they don't explicitly like in the movie the group the leftist group and the, the right leaning group never really say what they are it's just that, like, they kind of say what, what they are through um, their political, like, ideologies, right? Like, one's obviously kind of, like, you know, anti-imperialism, like, pro-worker, you know, like, less global influence on, you know, the, the whatever. And then the other one's like, oh, we're, we should... It's weird, because they're like, we should have global influence, like the American influence, but we should also, like push out all people who aren't like us <laughs> and, and um you know we're christians and and like this is the we're the last bastion for western christian civilization advancing essentially um so they never yeah. they never explicitly say like oh we're you know we're communists we're, we're fascists or whatever but like the other party like the right leaning party it calls them all communists. He's like, those are guys are commies, essentially. Yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, uh, you know, the news, I mean, NATO is like big in this movie. I mean, at the rally, it's all about uh, dismantling different NATO bases that are in Europe. Yeah. Um, so, you know, still relevant today. Why does NATO exist? Uh, but I wanted to mention something. I think one of the most effective kind of, uh, kind of devices that this, uh, movie uses is the uh, magistrate character played by Jean-Louis yeah, yeah, yeah. Trintignant I think is what you said earlier yeah yeah uh, okay. the guy with the cool glasses uh, he is shown kind of when he first takes the, the investigation uh, he is not you know one of these like leftists he's not you know a radical he's shown to be completely apolitical pretty much He's just his he dad, just wants to do his job and he his dad is like a military cop basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But and and so he has a lot to lose, but it, uh throughout the movie you can see he doesn't want he doesn't want to turn this into an assassination investigation. He doesn't want to believe, but the evidence is just so it just keeps mounting so much and so much that yeah. he has to believe it. And so he he believes that his government like can handle you know the the truth and it can't you know and he's just yeah. I, I forget at the end of the movie where whether it says that he was killed or deported or what but yeah he was he was killed he like he got shunned or whatever he got killed in a, a car or car act a car accident quote unquote yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well and then that I one guy that... got killed 
he's they said that the police were interviewing him and they he ran away he got he jumped out of a like an 11 story window or something yeah yeah i love that guy he he had such he was such a great little like leftist archetype where it's like the one guy in the room who's like fuck it we got to revolt like violence you know nonviolence can't be the answer forever yeah, no, that, I love that. They, like that comes up. That comes up a couple of times. Um, the woman, the uh, like you said, the Greek uh, female actress, whoever, who she's in, like uh, the deputies, like inner circle. She brings it up too. She brings up like uh, being anti, like anti violence is bullshit. Basically, at some point, she's like, you know, you keep on with your anti violence. Uh, well, the 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 movie kind of determines that anti violence is bullshit. <laughs> Because yeah, yeah, yeah. there's no like they he they say they hate like they love turning people into martyrs, but like they don't revolt because of their nonviolence pact, and it literally gets them nowhere. Like at the end of the movie, with the credits rolling, and you read what happens to all the people, you go, oh, it, it, they 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 haven't achieved literally anything. They just all died for their beliefs. Yeah, you know? like it, it makes it it makes the like whole like hey, just get out and vote. Like it makes that seem extremely what it is like not depressing and useless. Like. Yeah, absolutely. But my favorite part of this movie by far is the conspiracy aspect. I think that this movie, better than any other movie I've ever seen, demonstrates like how a conspiracy can work. Because this is a real life conspiracy that happened. uh, And it step by step procedurally goes through like it's almost surgical in explaining like exactly how a conspiracy like this can exist because people don't want to believe that there can be conspiracies like this, but there are, they happen every day. People in power, you know, they, they aren't always honest about what they're doing. And this, this movie, I think is such a like interesting, useful tool for kind of decoding all of these different right wing conspiracies that, you know, have taken place. You can apply the formula of this movie to like so many different assassinations and it always makes sense. You know, like the the military, the police, the thugs, they're all essentially the same force is what this movie is trying to say. And you can apply that to, you know, JFK, the anti-Castro Cubans and, you know, all these different forces in the 1960s. You can apply this to Gladio. I mean, it's such like a universal kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, And I think this movie is like unique in in how it kind of explains and, and shows that. Yeah, it could be like Chile, it could be the uh the Congo, like uh my favorite part of the whole conspiracy thing is like when it basically comes down to Jean-Louis and his uh like superior and his superior is just like uh you know, charge one person or two people for manslaughter or something and you know, strike these give these people and you know, give the generals a internal investigation and then charge the other side, you know the leftists for inciting the violence or whatever. Right. And then immediately cut to the next scene where it's just the, this, the montage of like him arresting all the generals and charging uh, them with murder. Yeah. You Such know a cathartic like, scene. I, I was like getting up and cheering when that happened, dude. I, I <laughs> love that scene so much. And, and like, they make the march out in front of all the reporters. So great. Yeah. And the two guys, there's two different guys who threatened to kill themselves. <laughs> yeah. They threatened to do a Mishima, dude. They really do. They're like, I'll do before this dishonor, I'll kill myself. And he, he's like, state your name and occupation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the thing about like those old European officers, like the officer corps and like old European armies up until like even past, you know, the fifties, those guys still were like 
aristocratic they they still thought in terms of like honor you know like yeah. if i lose a battle i have to kill myself like they thought they were better than you know they thought they were nobility essentially in in some cases they might have been yeah. yeah yeah so it's just kind of so satisfying to watch those guys squirm you know oh yeah yeah and the the main squirmers the the main guy the guy at the very beginning who's t- t- doing the targeted campaign against them you know and he's talking about the antibodies and, and everything the main uh colonel or whatever he is you know he's the one that squirms the most and he's he's the he's one of the ones that says he would kill himself before the dishonor and he's like yeah. flabbergasted and he's the one that um you see he's the last one and he's the one that you see the entire proceeding right because the the montage happens and it's like state your name and occupation they're like what and he's just like the lawyer's like calm down it's your team you know, and he's like, state your name. And I go, what? Oh, calm down. It's routine. And they kind of blow past them until they get to him. And then they do the whole, all right, here's your thing. You're charged with whatever, whatever. Yeah. So. No, I love, I also love that scene where they're interrogating one of the assassins and the, the guy, uh, essentially like he tries to accuse him of being a lefty and the guy gets so defensive that he like admits he's part of a fascist secret society. Yeah. Exactly. Oh man. I love that scene. Yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, you sound like a commie to me. He's like, no, I am an anti-commie group. Yeah, he just like red baits him into like basically confessing almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So prints of this film were acquired by the Black Panther Party and showing at underground screenings. Very cool. Awesome. Uh, at what point? Um, I, I don't know what his name is. I like the mayor maybe or something, but he calls the ne- uh, leftist necrophiliacs, which I thought was like extreme projection. Um, well, he calls them necrophiliacs. because they're talking about because uh, the martyrdom. Yeah. Martyrdom. Yeah. He's like, he's, he's like, they're going to use it to, he's like, we don't want him to die. He's like, they're going to use it to, to revolt, you know, as a rallying cry. And he's like, damn, these like commie necrophiliacs. So uh, speaking of like Chile and like other coups, uh, did you guys know like I like oh there's another movie that I really want to watch right now. I think it would, it would it, you could have made this part of the double feature too. It would have been good. Uh, this movie called Missing. It's from 1982. It's a, another Costa Gravas movie, uh, but it stars Jack Lemmon and Sissy Spacek, Ooh. and um, it's based on a book called The Execution of Charles Hornman, An American Sacrifice. And it's about the disappearance of American journalist Charles Horman, who, uh, in the aftermath of the Chilean coup in 1973, uh, disappeared. Like, he disappeared because um, he was basically down in Chile, like, photographing it or whatever. Uh, right. Like, he, he was disappeared. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it, the movie's about, like, yeah, Jack Lemmon and Sissy Spacek are looking for him. Uh, I'd never heard about it, but I wanted to see if either of you guys had seen this, because I definitely want to watch it. Uh, no, I, I this is the only Costa Gra- uh, Gavras movie I've ever seen. So I got to check yeah. out his other stuff. Yeah, Missing is definitely something, yeah, like, I mean, also, I also had, like, you know, vibes of, like, Three Days of the Condor. Like, it's about a CIA guy, you know what I mean? conspiracy hmm. um but yeah uh i thought the the there's a scene where like they're like forcing hippies to get haircuts or whatever yeah uh, that's, that stuff's great like all the all the, like the weird right-wing like 
kind of little minutia in this movie is so perfect. Like I, I yeah. love at the beginning when um the uh I think he's the general, like the main bad guy that we were talking about before. Yeah. Where he uh in the beginning he's talking about uh that there are sunspots, like an increase in sunspots, like uh mm. solar activity is occurring and he claims it's because of leftism. Because like leftism is flaring up in the country. That means yeah. the sun is flaring up too. And it's like this weird like kind of I, I just feel like right wing people think like that sometimes. They they have this weird like kind of mystic bullshit, you know? Yeah. It, Where it's it, like, like just it, all, all this like mystic bullshit to kind of justify what they already believe. It's very like Sebastian Gorka, like um like mythical imagery and shit. Cause uh his two big metaphors are mildew and uh sunspots. And that's yeah, what he said yeah. leftism is. Um and it's like, all right, man, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, where it's like yeah, some then, kind of encroaching kind of like parasite that's trying to to put a blemish on the beautiful empire that they have or kingdom, yeah. whatever. Yeah, and all the, I mean, everyone's suffering, you know, it seems like even like the right wingers are suffering in the movie. And then uh, the movie definitely paints the left wing party as the more reasonable, right? There's obviously a message to this movie, but like they're more reasonable and they're not, they're, very much like um you know pretty pretty subdued and like the most violent outburst is we should revolt maybe you know and and they don't use any um because like the right wingers i think if you were to probably compare the the like the speaking time in the movies the right wingers probably speak more just because of the colonel and 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 um you know everybody else but like they use a lot of like i don't know like very like you said kind of mythological supernatural heady language whereas most of the the left wingers have a very grounded kind of like we're trying to cuz like you know the, the 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 whole thing is like he gets assassinated when he's just like speaking his ideals you know and it's kind of like oh we have a loudspeaker and then these like violent crowds and he even says like in the movie he's like our like words, like our thoughts produce this kind of violence because like um, violent reaction to it. Right. They can't even stand like us being able to like speak our thoughts, you know? Yeah. Like they follow all of the rules that, that the, the right wing military and the police set for them. And it's still not enough. It's, it, it's the, one of the huge messages of the movie is how intolerable that kind of, you know, regime is. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, but I, the, and, and 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 yeah, a little bit about how the left kind of goes to tolerating them, I guess. Maybe like there's a line at one point where the guy straight up says like it's the CIA. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you said, there's that whole strain of like pacifism that gets called out a lot in the film. That's why I don't I don't want to say like it's a pacifist film or anything because. It's like presented, but it's also argued against. And I don't I don't you know again like you said like I think. If anything, the movie argues that pacifism is useless. Pointless. Yeah, I mean, that's a, I mean, if, if, if we're going to say like the movie or whatever, like it's not even like, there's not even like an explicit condemnation of pacifism. It's just like in the end credits, you know, it's not even like shown on film. It's the end credits kind of say, you know, essentially like you can, you can kind of like, um, you know, deduce from from the the stories of how everyone ended up that pacifism didn't help them in the end. They all they all got disappeared, as Chase yeah. said. Earlier. 
Yeah, the end of the movie is just, it's this scrolling list of things that were banned by the right-wing regime after the coup. Uh, and it's just like this ridiculously long list of, and it yeah, just has everything. It's like any any kind of new dancing, you know, yeah, it's talking Ionesco, about Dostoyevsky. politics. Dostoyevsky, yeah, sorry, Dostoyevsky, new dancing, pop music. Yeah. Yeah, like international f- film, like all these just weird things. The stuff you yeah. like. Yeah, the stuff, the cool stuff, right? The cool stuff. Oh, speaking of Dostoevsky, uh, Che, I, I know you saw the, there was this, like, new Nor- Norm McDonald documentary, mini documentary, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, on like, YouTube? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We both posted it. Uh, that's why I bring it up. Because, uh, like, <laughs> they mentioned in that, like you said, uh, I, I, I didn't know either that, like, he graduated when he was, like, 16 and, like, was, like, a super 14. smart, like, from yeah. high school, yeah, yeah, and then he went to college at sixteen for math, yeah. which is yeah, I didn't went... know that either. Yeah, no, I, um, and like he would, like they said he was like super uh, well versed in Russian literature, but he would pretend to like be like, uh, yeah, I'm reading this new book by uh, Doiska Doski, uh, I don't know, <laughs> you know, he would like <laughs> pretend not to know his name when he was like secretly like extremely knowledgeable in Russian literature. Uh, yeah, because because he thought that people wouldn't laugh at a, at the smart guy, but people will laugh at the dumb guy. You know, I think he was obviously right. No, I hundred percent like. As, yeah, he was a very smart guy, though. As like me and uh, you know, a lot of brunette nines will know, um, being smart is not attractive. You know, you got to dumb it down a little bit for the other for the other person. You know, exactly. I adhere to that principle, which is why society is one of these two films. You know. Oh yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like as the like the dumb guy part of me loves society, but the smart guy part of me loves Z. You know? Yeah. And like I said, I thought reality. like I I still think it's crazy that like in 1969 people were like more open to talking about leftism and like. Well, it's you your know, opinion too. Like, yeah, I, I agree with that. But like, yeah, also, yeah. you know, you can't really divorce the. The well, European pianness yeah, of it, yes. But, but but I mean the fact that it was, it was so like popular, you know, in this country, like uh, yeah, um, it, it was just wild to me because, like I said, I thought it would be like a like a obscure film, but no, it was like like they played it on prime time, like in 1974, um, like which is insane. Crazy. Yeah, that's that's the whole thing. Is like it's cool that a like I have to reiterate like my final thoughts. I guess would be like it's really cool that like this movie exists. I like the message. I just didn't like watching it. I was kind of bored. I have to say, yeah, but yeah, yeah I mean, it's, I like it's definitely, stuff. it's definitely one of those movies where you like, it's not very dreamy. Like, you know, exactly what's happening the entire time. Like there's no yeah. room for kind of, yeah, I odd. think it's got the, I think one of the biggest problems I have with it is it's got the pacing of a more like, um, I don't know, more like ethereal, like spiritual type, like foreign film, right? Because it's, it's, you know, it's a foreign film. So mm-hmm. it's got that type of pacing, but it also has like the type of story that's like very grounded and, you know, um, it's very clear cut what's happening, which isn't a bad thing. Like I've seen a lot of foreign films that are like, you know, grounded that are great. But like for me, I think maybe, I don't know, maybe like like a blue or, or red or like the Three Colors trilogy. It's got kind of like that pacing, but like the ideas aren't as like heady. It's very straightforward, like I said. So maybe that's why I didn't really gel with it as much as a movie. The concept's incredible, but as a movie, it's... Yeah, yeah I get it. 
I did want to say that in, in 1969, we get Z. But mm-hmm. in current year, our political movie that we get is, you know, The Big Short and, you know, just shit like that. What's yeah. that new Netflix <laughs> one? Oh, God. Uh, the Big... Uh, don't Look Up. Don't Look, don't look up. up. Yeah, yeah. We get Don't, don't look, look Up. Don't Look Up at the screen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny? You said that, like, you said that, like, uh, Oliver Stone really liked this movie. It was a big influence or whatever. Yeah. That that guy, like, it's so funny because, like, JFK is a great movie. I, I really like the Oliver Stone movies that I've seen, but like that guy is such a, like a liberal, like super liberal guy. <laughs> I mean, he was, he was like, yeah, I like capitalism. It's like, like literally he said that on his most recent interview. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. He's well, a boomer too. Yeah. This yeah. movie's pretty liberal friendly, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, William Freakin also really liked it. Steven Soderbergh. Uh, Oliver Stone said it was the movie that, uh, it was one of his favorite films that inspired his filmmaking. Uh, Paul Greengrass was a big fan. I think we can nice. see that. That's obvious. Uh, <laughs> very documentary. Like I think the fact that it was so documentary esque at the time was very groundbreaking, and people like kind of love that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Chase. Any last thoughts? Uh, yeah. I mean, I I think it's a great movie. I'd give it five stars. It's a popcorn classic. You know, it's just all around great. Definitely go watch it. Uh. Uh, I know we spoiled the entire movie during this discussion, but technically, since it's history, there can't be spoilers. So I think we're in the clear. No, yeah, I don't think like I mean, it's it's the idea, you know, like the ideas are powerful. Whether you know it happens or not, it's it's kind of irrelevant. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, yeah, I, we really did it. Uh I don't think like ruin the spirit of the movie. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of stuff like it's a movie that like when you experience, it's just very different. Like you could tell me all the stuff that I just told people, but like, I still don't think that I would get it unless I watched it. You know what I'm saying? Cause there is there, like you said, there's very like cathartic moments um, where it's like, cause it, 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 it gets very bleak and it, 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 it ends very bleakly. Like we should say, uh, like it kind of like builds up to this like hopeful crescendo, and then like all of a sudden it's just like oh yeah, and then everything ended terribly, and the worst yeah, isn't it, thing happened. Isn't it like the uh, the guy is like running to the widow, and he's like, "It's all gonna be okay. Like everything's gonna be yeah. great." And then the widow is like, "Yeah, I don't know about that, man." And, and then it's just like cut to the end credits where it's the reporter is like reading out all the people get killed, and then the reporter gets killed, so a narrator has to come in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um well he says like um he tells the uh, the wife like that it's just like he never died or whatever. And she just has like a very longing look. But yeah, I agree, five stars. Ebert. I agree, Ebert. Five stars. Yeah, I can't so, believe I used to not like Ebert that much because uh mostly because of the Phantom Menace. Because he he loved the Phantom Menace and it, it perplexed me so much. I, I, I yeah, I really I like him e- now. I love Ebert because, like, for me, like, growing up, I always say that, like, the best critics are people who you can completely 100% disagree with on, like, a, like a fundamental base level. You're like, that is completely fucking wrong. I hate your opinion. That was, inc- like, I can understand why you feel that way, though. Like, and that's, that's to me, is, like, the, the mark of a good critic. And Ebert could always, and I've hardly ever, like... When I read a review of Ebert's like 
stuff. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I completely agree. And then, but most of the time I'm like, what the fuck is he like? No, this is wrong, you know, but I'm yeah. like reading it and I go, this is completely wrong. But like, I can see why you, you know, think that essentially. And that's why I always thought Ebert was such a great critic. Cause like, you know, like Leonard Malton or, or, um, even Siskel, like if I disagreed with them, essentially, I would like read their reviews or like listen to them talk about movies. And I'd go, I completely disagree. And I have no clue how you got to that conclusion. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. So that's why I've always liked Ebert. My favorite critics are the two guys from the Muppet show who sit up in the balcony, the old guys, uh, yeah. Statler and Waldorf. Yeah. Um, <laughs> those are my favorite movie critics all right so yeah any last thoughts on this week anything <clears throat> you know anything in movies that generally you've been thinking about that you want to talk about because i just want to say before we leave uh there was like it was orson welles's birthday last week and there was like a thread that went viral and it was like orson welles talking shit about people and uh he said that he hated woody allen physically as a yeah. person which, like, I thought was insane. Uh, Dude, I love Orson Welles so much. He's so, he's such, like, a catty bitch. With I know you really like that thread, too, right? Like, the, he's so, oh, he talks shit that. about, like, Antonioni and stuff. It was so, he's like, oh, dude, the Antonioni and then the, the, the Godard one was savage, dude. I was like, oh, my God. He's, like, brilliant director, but he thinks he's an intellectual. And I have to say, I completely disagree. <laughs> he's like, I think he's a wonderful filmmaker, but I disagree with him as a thinker. And, uh... Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it seemed like Wells just... Even when he liked something, his, his like, praise was so muted. Like... He hated he, it. Yeah, yeah, even when he liked something, he hated it. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, big respect. Uh, he said... Yeah, uh, also... I, <laughs> Go watch some Wells movies, dude. Like, seriously. I know you said you only watched Citizen Kane. Um, you've only seen Citizen Kane. I have to say that that's, like, one of my... I For filmmaking, you can kind of see what, how it's, like, you know, people call it the goat or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. But for me, like, I, I definitely think it's my least favorite... It's not my least favorite Wells movie, but it's one of my least favorite Wells movies. Well, that's, that's why I haven't watched too many of it, or too much of his stuff, is because I thought Citizen Kane was kind of mid. Like, Dude, see... <laughs> See F is for fake. That I think if you don't like F is for fake, I I, I could not convince you to like another Orson Welles movie. Oh, okay, um, yeah, I'll check it out. I would say like Magnificent Ambersons is pretty good. Like, yeah, uh, I have I've heard of that one. Touch Time of Evil. Midnight. Uh, Touch of Evil and Lady of Shanghai. I would say are like, dude, Touch of Evil. Like I said, it's my favorite. It's my favorite film. The, lot, so. the whole like one shot with the bomb or whatever. I mean, that's like brilliant. Like they taught us that in film school, you know, the dolly. Oh my God. Yeah. Incredible. It's amazing. Uh, yeah. Also, so he said about Henry Kissinger, I hate Kissinger even more than I hate Nixon because I just can't get over the feeling that he knows better. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's like, oh yeah, it's brilliant. Like he was it's a beautiful. brilliant thinker. Yeah. He's like yeah. insulting Kissinger and Nixon at the same time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's got like weird quotes on like uh, he 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 does like weird cameos and stuff. Like he's in the Muppets movie, mm -hmm. you know, which I didn't know. And I was like, this is he plays like the curmudgeon like Hollywood guy in the Muppets movie, which is hilarious if you know like his history. With he does a, his last credit was uh, doing a voice in uh, the Transformers movie. Transformers movie, dude. Yeah, Orson Welles. Wait, was rocks. the Michael Bay one. No, 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 no. The, the 80s. <laughs> the animated okay, one. Yeah. In the 80s, there was, yeah, yeah, the anime, the one where, uh, spoiler alert, Optimus Prime died. 
Yeah, it was uh, great. It's like I love the Starscream guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this guy's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so with that, uh, I guess we'll talk a little bit about next week. Uh, we've already announced next week uh, we're doing Firewalk with me and season eight of the Return of Twin Peaks. Uh, we we just want to talk about David Lynch. Uh, Chase will be back, right? I Absolutely. Believe. Yeah, like Chase is someone who I know who I know is good at like uh, talking about David Lynch. I'm like I told Matt like. For me, like, so much of David Lynch is in the subconscious. Like, I don't know how to talk about that stuff sometimes. But I know you're very good at, like, you know, breaking down the people who break down Lynch. That's something I want to talk about, definitely. All of the explainer videos. That's, like, a yeah. cotton industry now, a cottage industry now. Uh, well, he's like, uh, he's, like, the most talked about director, maybe most talked about artist on, on like, Twitter. I mean, he has his own, like, topic on Twitter. I mean, there's just the time, incessant... Yeah incessant videos coming out every day about david lynch and trying to explain his style and they're all totally wrong and nobody knows what they're talking about i'm not saying i do but i i can prove that they're wrong okay so but you'll have to wait until next week yeah i'm i'm stoked dude i'm really excited uh matt yes i know you i know you love david lynch you've been rewatching twin peaks oh yeah i've been rewatching all of twin peaks that's what that's what we said it's a it's a, um, you know, we're ostensibly, because it's, it's Movie Flex double features, it's ostensibly a double feature with Firewalk with me and then episode eight of The Return, but we're going to basically be talking about the entirety of, like, Twin Peaks as a whole, and like you said, kind of breaking down a little bit of David Lynch as, like, just the filmmaker in general. So, yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked to talk to both of you fellows, because I, I've, I, on the rewatch, I didn't really have a, a, a big, uh, I didn't really have a big thought you know of what this was about i just kind of vibe with it for the first time and then this yeah. rewatch i kind of thought more about it and i've been thinking about it so yeah i'm excited to hear what you guys have to say all right well uh with that said thanks everyone for joining us uh play us out play that music out i'm gonna play something cool here play some music oh nice <laughs>